We thank you once again for tuning in to the Lawrence Avenue Church of Christ Worship Resource Podcast for Sunday, September the 5th. We pray that you and your families continue to be in good spirits, good health, and prepared to worship today. Here are today's updated announcements. Sister Maddie Dowell has requested prayers for herself and her family. Let's continue to keep Sister Maddie and her family in your prayers. Sister Rachel Belafon is asking for prayers for her uncle, Garfield Bradley, who is having health issues. She also asked for prayers for Ben White, her friend's brother who had a heart attack and a stroke. She asked that we keep her and her family in our prayers as well. Sister Geraldine Walker is home under quarantine after testing positive for COVID-19. She was not suffering any symptoms, so let's continue to keep Sister Walker in our prayers. Sister Linda Templeton's medical procedure went well this past Tuesday, and she thanks everyone for their prayers. Sister Deborah Green is at home recovering from outpatient surgery. She thanks everyone for your prayers and asks that you continue to pray for her. Sister Brenda Otis is asking that we pray for Sister Cheryl Coleman, who lost her mother, Sister Minnie Patterson, on Tuesday. Also, please pray for her husband, Jerry, who suffered a stroke on Wednesday and is in ICU. Church, let's continue to pray for the Otis and the Patterson families. Sister Freddie Neal was admitted to St. Thomas Midtown on Thursday for back surgery. She is asking that we continue to keep her in our prayers. Church, let's also continue to pray for Teandre Holmes, Judy Legs, Rekia Compton, Edgar and Robbie Roberts, Jerice Bond and her son, Joan Bass, Pat Baskerville, and all of those who have recently lost loved ones in their families. Church, want to just remind you, let's just continue to pray for one another, for all of our sick, our shut-in, bereaved, elderly, and traveling members and their families. And when we have an opportunity, let's continue to stay connected by making phone calls, sending cards, and text messages when we can. Church, as you know, the Delta variant of COVID-19 continues to be on the rise. For the continued safety of all members attending worship at the building, Continue to follow our basic COVID-19 requirements, which include wearing your face mask the entire time you're in the building, continuing to practice social distancing, continuing to wash your hands, and, and being prepared to take a temperature check upon entering the building. Your continued consideration and cooperation is greatly appreciated. As a reminder, the 9 o'clock a.m. Sunday morning Bible study at the building, which was scheduled to begin today, has been canceled due to the rise in the Delta variant. But you may continue to study with Brother Kance every Lord's Day via his podcast. Now, Brother Kance will begin his fall quarter study, Exploits of David, on today. The lesson text will come from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, and the title is David and Samuel. The fall quarter does begin today on our podcast, and we want to thank Brother Kans for keeping the podcast going and hope that you will continue to tune in and study along with Brother Kans 
anytime on the Lord's Day. And you can contact Brother Kance with any questions or comments via his email address at bill.kance at gmail.com. If you had been receiving the church text messages from Sister Alwanda, but now are no longer receiving them, please let Sister Alwanda know so that she can try to resolve your issue. Now this Lord's Day, we will once again be airing a rebroadcast from a previous service because of technical issues. We are working on a backup recording solution to help remedy this issue. In the meantime, we do want to thank Brother Chris Bell and Trenton Moore for the great job that they do recording the weekly worship services. We hope to resolve our technical issues soon and ask for your continued patience and consideration. Now, through the magic of editing, today's lesson will be a lesson that I did in 2017 for a evening summer series at the Oak Hill Church of Christ in Rome, Georgia. I hope you will enjoy the lesson today. Brother Kentz will be filling in for me this Wednesday, and I want to thank him once again for doing this for me. His lesson is titled, Blessings of Comfort, taken from Psalms chapter 37. I hope you will dial in and join Brother Kentz for his study this Wednesday evening. This will conclude today's updated announcements. We will now begin today's worship service. All right, uh, good morning, everyone. Let's all turn to page 391 for our first selection. Page 391. Let me live close to thee. 391. 391. Oh, fam, let's all sing. In the field I was well, sick was brave and true. In the fight for the right, I would dare and do. Spend my days in the praise of the journey. And let me live close to thee each day. And let me live close to thee. And take my hand, dear Lord, and guide me all along the rugged way. Oh, let me live close to thee. And let me walk in talk with thee, dear Lord, each day. Not the crown nor renown that the world might see. I will work, never shirk, blessed Lord, for thee. But to know where I go, that my soul is. And let me live close to thee each day. And let me live close to thee. And take my hand, dear Lord, and guide me all along the rugged way. Oh, let me live and close to thee. And let me walk and talk with thee, dear Lord, each day. Help me bear and to share some poor pilgrim's load. Be my friend to the end of the toilsome road. I will sing to my king in the souls of, and let me live close to thee each day. And let me live close to thee. And take my hand, dear Lord, and guide me all along the rugged way. Oh, let me live close to thee, and let me walk and talk with thee, dear Lord, each day. Page 720. 720. 
Scripture reading and prayer will follow page 720. Watch and pray. 720. All found, let's all sing. Watch and pray for the Lord is coming and coming in the clouds someday. And wash your robes in the cleansing fountain and watch your watch and pray. And watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray. For we know not the hour when the Lord shall come and watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray and be ready to enter the soul's bright home. He may come in the early morning and he may come at close of day and watch and pray in his promise trusting and watch your oh, watch and pray and watch and pray oh watch and pray for we know not the hour when the Lord shall come and watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray and be ready to enter the soul's bright home. So give heed to the Savior's warning and his blessed word obey and be prepared when he comes to meet him and watch your watch and pray and watch and pray oh watch and pray for we know not the hour when the lord shall come and watch and pray oh watch and pray and be ready to enter the soul's bright home and when he comes he reward the faithful and what a glorious day twill be enjoy your ways those who have made ready and watch your watch and pray and watch and pray oh watch and pray for we know not the hour when the Lord shall come and watch and pray. Oh, watch and pray and be ready to enter the soul's bright home. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <clears throat> First, I'd like to say happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there. <clears throat> this morning, scripture is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I will be reading from the King James Version. And it reads, For yourselves, brethren, know our interest entrance in unto you that it was not in vain but even after that we had suffered before and was shamefully entreated as ye know at philippi we were bold in our god to speak unto you the gospel of god with much contention for our exhortation was not 
of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God was tried our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not, not the gospel of God only, but also of our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. May the Lord bless the reason and doers of his word. Let us bow. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your throne this morning, humbly bow before thee. Thanking thee, Lord, for allowing us to see another day. Thanking thee, Lord, for the mercy and the grace you have given each and every one of us that has woken up on this side of the grass, dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to pray you to help us to be humble. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you help us to be thankful for this day. We thank thee most of all for thy son, Jesus Christ. It is through him that we have our salvation, dear Heavenly Father. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you constantly remind us that um, we are your children and that we must carry on the banner of Christ and that we must do all that we can to save those who are around us and those who are in the world. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you give us the courage. We pray that you give us, dear Heavenly Father, the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to spread thy word, dear Heavenly Father, in a loving manner, especially in this world, dear Heavenly Father, which it seems to get more cruel. Dear Father, we come to you in prayer, ask you to please help us as Christians to be strong. Ask you to help us, dear Father, to move as harmless as the dove, dear Father, but as smart as the serpent. We come here and pray, ask you to help us, dear Father, to be influential with those in our lives because we see, dear Father, that love is missing in many, many places in this world. We come here and pray, dear Father, ask you to help us to be the kind of people that, that those of the world can come to us for advice, come to us for comfort, come to us, dear Father, when um, they have many things on their hearts, and we can steer them to you, Lord. Dear Father, now we come to you in prayer. Dear Father, thank you for the many mothers around this world. Dear Father, we know they go through a great tribulation, Dear Father, from the birth until many of us, Dear Father, either um, laying them to rest or they may have to lay us to rest, Lord. Dear Father, we come to you in prayer to you to help us to be more respectful of our mothers of this world. Dear Father, we, as men of this world, we have not treated the women as we have should, as we should. We have not been the leaders that we should have been, dear Heavenly Father. We certainly have not been the caretakers of our children and the many things that you have entrusted with us as leaders. We come to your prayer, dear Heavenly Father, ask you to help us to please be more bold, be more humble, dear Heavenly Father, in being the men that you ask us to be so that we can protect our mothers, protect our children, lead them in a way that is pleasing in our sight, Lord. We come to your prayer, dear Heavenly Father, thank you especially for the mothers, Lord. We know that they care for the children, dear Father, when, th- when times are hard. There are many mothers who have struggled, Lord, who have raised children, dear Father, with very meager uh, uh, means, dear Father, those who may not have had as much as others. But we know, dear Father, that you have strengthened them because you see that the men and the many of the people today, dear Father, are standing up because we had those mothers, Lord. Dear Father, we come to impress you to watch over Sister Rikai. We thank you, dear Father, for, for her progress. Dear Heavenly Father, we know, dear Heavenly Father, that um, you expect us to do a great job with her. 
And we thank the Heavenly Father for entrusting us, the Heavenly Father, with this responsibility. The Heavenly Father, we pray that you lay on our heads, the Heavenly Father, the, the, um, the strength, the Heavenly Father, to, to uh, do whatever we can, the Heavenly Father, to lead her, to be there for her, and not only her, the Heavenly Father, many others who suffer, the Heavenly Father, many others who have been through many, many things. We pray for the sick, the Heavenly Father, we pray for those who are grieving. We pray that you help us to be strong as a family, the Heavenly Father, so we can come to one another's aid. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing you have given us, such as home, the Heavenly Father, and the clothing that we, that we have and the food that we eat, the Heavenly Father. We thank you, the Heavenly Father, for our jobs. We thank you, Lord, for the many things that you give us to take care of ourselves. The Heavenly Father, you have promised us these things, and you have not failed in those. The Heavenly Father, we come there in prayer, Lord, asking you to watch over the leaders of this nation and the leaders of the world. We pray, Lord, that you put on a heart, the Heavenly Father, to want to seek peace. We pray, the Father, that you help us with this engine of the world, Lord, to seek more towards humanity rather than of technology and of wealth. We come to in prayer, the Father, and ask you to help us as Christians, the Father, to be more influential, Lord, in how your word is spread, the Father, so that love can be the main thing that is on everyone's mind, the Father, rather than making a dollar. The Father, we come to in prayer. Thank you for, the, for allowing us to make it to worship this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, that the one who's about to bring us the message, that you allow him to stand up strong and give us the truth, Lord. We pray that you help us as listeners to be humble and accept the truth. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to also be appreciative of him. Heavenly Father, for we know that he have labored many, many a year, Lord, spreading your word and teaching your word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Brother McLean. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the path that he has taken, Heavenly Father, to give us your word. And for many years, Lord, we have sat from the youth up into our Older age, Heavenly Father, our adulthood, we have still heard this man preach your word boldly, and he has not wavered in that moment, Heavenly Father. We pray for his family. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help heal their hearts, Heavenly Father, from their grieving. We pray that you protect him, Lord. We pray that you watch over him and keep him safe, Heavenly Father, and allow him to continue giving the word, Heavenly Father, until you seek otherwise. Heavenly Father, these are men are the blessed. We ask in our son's name. Amen. For our invitation song, let's all mark page 50. Let's mark page 50 for the invitation song. Page 50. Now let's all notice page 717. 717. All film, let's all sing. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, and how he gave his life on Calvary, and to save a wretch like me. And I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood atoning, and then I repented of my sins and won the victory. And no victory in Jesus and my Savior forever. And he saw me and bought me and with his redeeming blood. And he loved me and I knew him and all my love is due him. And he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing. 
How we made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and hear my broken spirit. I then obeyed his blessed commands and gained the victory. And no victory in Jesus and my Savior forever. And he sought me and bought me and with his redeeming blood. And he loved me and I knew him and all my love is due him. And he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion He's been for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold and beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. And no oh, victory in Jesus and my Savior forever. And he sought me and bought me and with his redeeming blood. And he loved me and I knew him and all my love is due him. And he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. And no oh, victory in Jesus, and my Savior forever. And he sought me and bought me, and with his redeeming blood. And he loved me, and I knew him, and all the love is Okeel, we have arrived. <laughs> it is good to be here. This has been a long time coming. And I am so thankful and grateful to the leadership here uh, for extending the invitation for me and my wife to be able to drive down uh, to, to, to come and, and, and spend some time with our family here at Oak Hill. Uh, Al Wanda, my wife, uh, with the red afro, uh, <laughs> we, we, are, we are family people. We love traveling around and meeting our extended family, whether it's in South Korea, whether it's in Guatemala, whether it's in Guyana, South America, or, or whether it's here in Rome, Georgia. Uh, we are people who love traveling, sharing the word of God, and fellowshipping with our extended family. We're family. And I'm not going to get up here and sing Sister Sledge's song, but, but, but we are family. And so we've been excited, and now the day has arrived where we're able to meet our family here at Oak Hill. And we do look forward to meeting some of you individually uh, after we complete our lesson tonight. 
Again, uh, it's been great. Michael and I have known each other for about as long as I've known his father and, and uh, his mother as well. Mike and I worked for several years with the 21st Century Christian Bookstore in Nashville. And uh, because of that relationship, uh, it, it's grown out. We've, we've met so many people. We had an opportunity to uh, spend some time at, at Michael and Terry's wedding uh, in a working capacity. Uh, but, but we were able to do something. We were able to preserve some precious memories uh, of their wedding because I uh, have been a videographer, an event videographer, for about 28 years. And so I enjoy doing videography, photography. I'm a musician as well. Uh, but I love doing the work of the Lord. And so that's what brings us here tonight. You know, uh, I look at the theme. Who knew? The Bible says, I can live in two places at once. Now, when you read that, I don't know what was going through your mind, all right? You know, I wonder when, what, what is he going to say? Where is he coming from with that? But it's true. And, and tonight, by the time we complete the lesson, you'll understand that it's true. But the question is going to be, what are those two places that I can live in at the same time? So I want to just share, first of all, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians 3.20. This is going to be like our springboard scripture to get us, get us going. Now, I will say tonight there are going to be a lot of things that I'm going to share, and I want to get one thing understood, all right? We're all family here, all right? And I'm speaking everything that I say out of love, and I hope that you will take the things that I'm saying out of love. I want this to be an environment. At Lawrence Avenue, one of our uh, deceased elders, he used to say when we would have conversations, I, I'm going to call it a conversation or a dialogue, uh, when we're close like we are tonight, he used to refer to them as fireside chats. They, they were these occasions where you can, if you can picture in your mind a fireplace, fire crackling and popping. It's, now, I know this is not the proper season, uh, maybe we could just say uh, a cool air conditioner. Uh, but we're all gathered together in this place, and someone is, is telling uh, some stories and sharing some things with you in, in an environment that is comfortable and easy. And I want to let you know, we just want to be easy. But there are some things we have to share because there are things that I feel like will help us to be stronger, help us to be more courageous, that will help us be just less fearful people and understand that no matter what is going on in our, in our environment around us today, that it's all good, okay? It's all good for those of us who are in the body of Christ. So I'm gonna start off by sharing, uh, if you read with me, if you will, uh, our scripture text, again, Philippians, 3, verse 20, and for clarity, I, I know there's a, a, a mixed audience, and I want to make sure I, I read this where everybody can understand where I'm coming from. So I'm going to read this from uh, the NLT translation. 
But it says, we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. How many of us are eagerly waiting tonight? I, I'm eagerly waiting. And there's a reason why I, each day of my life, I am eagerly waiting. And the reason for that is because, as we said, see, I live in two places. Now, to help us understand about one of these places and what made this come to my mind, because my wife and I do mission work, I was sharing with Michael, we're planning, Lord willing, we're planning on, on, on moving to Guyana, maybe within the next three to five years. We're looking to uh, have a temporary residence uh, in Guyana. Now, one thing I, I, that came to mind, I said, well, I wonder if the government will let us have, can we have a dual citizenship? You know, we, we keep our citizenship here in America, but also have a citizenship in Guyana. Well, that's not going to really happen because they will only let us stay there for six months at a time. But this came to my mind. I said, okay, but there are people who do have dual citizenships. So I thought to myself, hmm, what about God's people? Do we have a dual citizenship? Yes, we do. And I'm going to bring this point home as we get into the lesson. But here's where I want to start. If you look at the events over the past couple of years, these events have allowed me to witness a disturbing character amongst God's people. And if it were not for social media, and I don't know how many of us in the audience today do social media. Some people think it's great. Uh, they use it every day, some every hour, <laughs> some every five minutes. <laughs> but there are some beautiful, wonderful things about social media. But there are also some disturbing things about social media because a lot of times what happens through social media, you find out things about where people come from. You see various posts on social media, and it makes you wonder, hmm, that's... Where's that coming from? And I would not have known of the great impact these events had on God's people. I'm sure many of us were disappointed, frustrated over recent decisions, namely the Supreme Court's ruling and decision to allow gay marriages. The uproar concerning the displaying of certain flags and, and statues the concern over undocumented immigrants, and now escalated racial tensions and a presidential election year has created an uncharacteristic buzz amongst God's people. You say, no, Brother William, God's people don't act uncharacteristically because of events that happen in the world. Yes, they do. And the reason I say that is because these are the things that I have seen, and especially through social media. And it can be disturbing. Otherworldly events over the past few decades have had a tendency to wear on us as God's people. Now, as God's people, we have concerns over these issues. And for some of us, they have a tendency to wear on us. I personally witnessed amongst God's people 
paranoia, fear, anger, and even a violent character because of these world-driven events. Notice some key words I'll be using through the course of our lesson. And one of them is the word world, all right? The longer I thought about it, the more I started to realize that maybe our sense of insecurity stemmed from our too close attachment to the world, right? Have our roots grown so deep in this world that we have forgotten that as children of God, we have a dual citizenship, one from a physical domain called the world, and the second, our spiritual residence, which resides in the kingdom of heaven. The world can be looked at in two different ways. And maybe some of the things I'm saying tonight, maybe you've been, we've been there before. But I'm saying these things to bring back to our remembrance and just help us realize the importance of our dual citizenship. In one way, we look at the earth. The Greeks referred to the earth as the cosmos, right? Uh, this is the world that God created in accordance with Genesis 1, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the world that our fleshly bodies live in. It is the world where God has put things on this world to sustain us physically. And it takes care of our physical needs. Matter of fact, the day we were born from, my, from our mother's wombs, this is what we were born into, the physical world. The spiritual context of the world is a dark, sinful domain where Satan is the ruler, according to John 12, 31. And all those who follow him walk in darkness. Now, that's the spiritual side. So we have to understand that even though our physical bodies live in a physical world, the physical world that our physical bodies preside in, it's a dark place, church. And it's evident by those chain of events that I just mentioned previously. We on, we, on the other hand, God's people, according to Colossians 1.3, we have been delivered from the power of darkness. Okay, you're saying, well, I still live in the world. I live on the earth. But I've been delivered from the power of darkness, from that spiritual perspective of the world, according to Colossians 1.3. In other words, we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. If I can use the word, we have migrated from the dark world into the kingdom light, in whom we have redemption through Christ's blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So what I'm saying, according to Colossians 1.3, we, on the other hand, we have chosen to come out of that world of darkness. Well, what have we come into? We have chosen to come into the kingdom of heaven. 
Okay, and we migrated into that kingdom through baptism, through the blood of Christ. This evening, I would like to examine some differences between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. If we truly understand where our allegiances as Christians really lie, whom we as, Christ, whom we as Christians serve, and what our mission or our business on earth is, we will not allow the distractions of the world's systems to cause us to lose our focus on getting to our eternal residence. Right? In turn, we will understand that the Bible says that we can live in two places at the same time. All right? Is that all right? Okay. When we as Christians talk about the world, we refer to the domain of Satan. We need to understand that Satan influences the world's, and Michael and I talked about this a little bit earlier today. Satan influences the world's ideas. He influences the world's goals, the world's opinions, the world's hopes, the world's views. Uh, he influences all of these things. He influences philosophies, education, commerce, the thoughts, the ideas, speculations, false religions of the world are under his control. And they're born out of lies and deception. That's the, that's the world. See, what I'm trying to do is paint a picture of the world that we walk in daily. I mean, we have to, we have to sustain ourselves, but when we look around at all of the events and things that are taking place in our world today, we have to understand from a bigger view and looking through spiritual glasses what's going on. Because many times we get sucked in, we drink, pardon my point, the Kool-Aid. And I, I, I have to be careful with that because, uh, you know, we do mission work in Guyana and uh, Jim Jones did a lot of damage down there. When I say drinking, that's, that's a cliche, all right, that we buy into these things that I just talked about that Satan has control over. And yes, church, even Supreme Court decisions are under his control because those who serve in those positions, they're unbelievers. And many times unknowingly, not knowing that they're, they're being controlled and puppeted uh, by Satan, uh, they are controlled and ruled by Satan. And it wasn't long ago but guess what? Many of us were also under that control. And so, so we have to make sure, too, that we're careful on, on our approach. Because we have to remember, for some of us, it wasn't too long ago that we were in that same situation. But the, but the difference is that we chose to follow and serve the king of the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. I want to let you know a little bit about how we were. And I'm going to be reading this from the easy-to-read version, again, for clarity's sake. But I want us to understand, we, we've got to understand 
who we were at one time. Because that's going to help us be able to uh, uh, help those who are still in the darkness of the world. That mindset and our attitude will help us to migrate them into the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians 2, verse 2, from the easy to read version says, Yes, in the past, your lives were full of those sins. You lived the way the world lives. Following the ruler of the evil powers over the earth, that same spirit is now working in those who refuse to obey God. And that's true. That same spirit is working in those who refuse to obey God. But praise glory to God. We chose to step out of that darkness into the light of Christ. Verse 3 says, in the past, again, in the what? In the past, all of us live like that, <laughs> trying to please our sinful desires, trying to please our sinful selves. We did all the things that our bodies and minds wanted to do. And like everyone else in the world, we deserve to suffer God's anger just because of the way we were, because of the way we were, all right? So praise be to God, church, the blood of Christ. Because there was a time we were just like those who are still walking and stumbling along in the darkness of this world, right? But we have chose to come out. Michael and I was talking earlier, and I, I want to I share a little, uh, a little American retrospective with you. Y'all going to love this. <laughs> to show you how subtle Satan works. Now, I just recently turned 61 years old. When, about a week ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And I know y'all probably saying, he don't look nothing like that. <laughs> and that might be true. But Lord knows sometimes how these old bones and muscles and things feel. Uh, but I'm blessed to be able to see another year. But I have been on this earth long enough to know how things used to be. All right? Let me bring back to your remembers. And I know it might be a little different with some, depending on uh, what generation you were born in. But there was a time when many regarded America as a country with God's fingerprint all over it. You know, in everything America did, you could see some aspect of a Bible principle involved. It was a culture, though a long way from being perfect, but it was a culture in which Bible principles and precepts were embedded into our government, it was embedded into our legal documentation. It was embedded into our schools. It was embedded in our families. And it was embedded in our businesses. My thoughts go back to my childhood. It was a time when, depending on where you lived, you could leave your door unlocked 24-7 and didn't have to worry about anybody coming into your house. Anybody remember those days? <laughs> I knew, I knew I'd see a bunch of hands. You all remember. Do you remember the time when you could speak to a stranger on the street? You didn't have a problem speaking to a stranger. A stranger would speak back. 
I can even remember a time you could go out on the street, stick your thumb out on the side of the road, and a car would come by and pick you up and give you a ride. That's how it used to be. What about the time when neighbors knew each other? Neighbors took care of each other. When one neighbor was having a hard time with, with maybe uh, paying a bill or having food, neighbors came together to help one another. In the heat of summer, when many people didn't have air conditioning, you know, neighbors would sit out on the front porch and they knew the names by their name. It wasn't just, Mike, it wasn't just, hey. <laughs> you, you called somebody, they, you knew each other's name. They would meet in the front yard, they would sit on the porches, and they would talk while the children would play out in the yard together. And there were several relationships that were formed during those times. Even though it did not happen at my house, many families had fathers that worked uh, that worked all day as providers while mom was able to stay at home. Boy, they don't see a lot of that these days because it takes, what, two incomes. You all see how subtly over time things have changed. And if, if you don't put the right kind of glasses on, you'll blink and you'll miss what's going on. I remember that on Sundays, business was, businesses were closed so that employees could worship or at least spend more time with their families. Most of the commotion that I saw when I was a kid on Sunday morning was seeing cars and seeing people on their way to various Bible classes and worship services, after which families would return home to share together in a nice Sunday dinner. Nothing was open during major holidays. Most neighborhoods had a sense of moral and standard values. Kids were taught to respect authority and give accountability to God. Where have those days gone, church? Where have they gone? Now, I, I said, I, I'm not that old, but but I remember those good days. I remember when many elementary schools, they opened with Bible readings in the morning. There was prayer. And notice what I'm saying. There was prayer followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. That's how it was in my school. And, when, and there's something I want you to catch with that. There was prayer followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. In other words, God came first, right? There weren't moments of silence, even though we're grateful for that, because you know, I've, I've even seen an uproar. They said, well, they've taken prayer out of the schools. No. I hope, I hope prayer is not out of school, because you know what? Our children were taught that you can pray anywhere, anytime. It's not going to be dictated by someone else. Do you all remember the movies that we would see in the theaters? You know, when they started the ratings, just about every movie that was in the theater was rated G. General audiences. 
Everybody could come, the whole family. That's how it used to be. Most of the television shows were rated G and suitable for the whole family to watch. Major meetings and sporting events were opened with prayer. Church, this was the norm. No one objected to this back during the day. Even though there were variations of these conditions from one place to the next, we can paint a picture of how things once were not really that long ago. And for the longest, people always assumed that America would always be a God-fearing nation. Yet the reality is that which was no longer is. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Today, pop culture has drastically changed. Today, many believe that any mention of God should be limited or even barred from the public eye. <laughs> many people who sit in high places of leadership and influence view the Bible with fear and suspicion. More and more, the voice of God and the truth of his word is being silenced. The cultural environment of today has become much more hostile to the Christian culture. You don't believe me? Just say anything against, against the world's view in your break rooms at the water fountain. Say anything against the world's view. In other words, say anything against those things that Satan has rule over and see how you be treated. Family values, moral principles, the encouragement of sexual conduct that is more concerned about safe contraception methods in an environment that opens up just open mating. That's the environment that we live in. Hebrews 13, chapter 4. Now, I'm going to show you a few little differences on, on the, the language of the world and the language of the kingdom of God. You know, things that the world says, but things that God's word says. Hebrews 13, 4 says that adultery is what? Adultery is sin. Now, that's what we say, right, according to the word of God. But the world calls it, oh, it's just an extramarital affair. That's how the world waters it down. It sounds so slick and smooth, doesn't it? But that's the world. But Satan is slick and smooth that way. You know, Romans 1, you all familiar with this, Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 27. God calls homosexuality a moral perversion. And if that's what God's word says, that's what we say in the kingdom of God, don't we? But the world calls it, it's an alternate, uh, alternative lifestyle. That's the language that the world uses. The Bible view of marriage that God recognizes is the union of one man and one woman. 
Now, if you let the world hear you say that, you'll be viewed as homophobic, or you're a hater, or you're just intolerant. This is the language that I've even heard, okay? And this is the language that some of you may hear once you start speaking against and in a different way that the world speaks. Many political leaders put more awareness into saving and protecting components of our environment. You know how politics many times, you know, you hear them talking more about saving a tree or saving sea life or we got to have clean air or we've got to protect uh, the wildlife. And all of that is fine and good. But then when you talk about protecting unborn children from abortions, then you're labeled, you, you're labeled a, a, a hater. You're, you're not with the program. This is the world we live in, church. And I'm saying these things because I want us to, to understand that this world that, we're, that we live and walk in and, and play in and do all, and work and all the things that we do, look behind the scenes of what's going on. Look at the world through spiritual eyeglasses, and you'll see what's going on. The world culture, this is, again, the culture of the world. Now, again, if we understand that this is the culture that goes on in the world today, then after a while you can say, okay, that's the culture of the world, okay? But what about when we see these things happening in the kingdom of God. Now we've got some major concerns. And that's why leaderships are going to have to be, I was talking to Michael about being gatekeepers. We're going to have to be aware of what's going on around us. And I'm not saying that we go about uh, uh, talking down to people and bashing people and uh, taking Bibles and knocking them. No, we don't do it that way. Well, how do we do it, Brother William? Well, we do it by the way that we live for God and the way that we love and treat each other. Because the world is watching. And I was telling Michael earlier too in our discussion, I said the church has a, a good opportunity right now. Great opportunity. With everything that is going on in the world today, we have an opportunity to show the world something different. All the hate that's going on in the world, hate shouldn't be in the Lord's church. There should be love for one another, love for our neighbor, and yes, that means love for those who are still, they're still wandering around, bumping and stumbling in the world. And it's our mission, our mission is to help migrate them out of that darkness into the light of Jesus. That's what our job is. But we're going to lose our influence if the world sees us acting just like them. See, the world culture idolizes people. Yeah, take a look at what's going on in this presidential election. The world idolizes people. The world idolizes flags. Pieces of cloth, just like my shirt. The world will idolize a monument or a statue. 
The world will idolize a nation. Now, I, I'm careful with that, you know, because I know we've got an Olympics coming up. And I love my country. And when the Olympics games come up, I, I, I'm cheering and rooting for, for USA. I, I get a little chant going on. But one thing I will tell you is that none of these things is going to come before me and my God. My God comes first. This world culture will even try to pit groups of people against one another. Divide and conquer. That's what Satan wants to do. But we've got to be smarter than that, church. <laughs> we're going to be on our toes, and we're not going to let Satan divide and destroy us. What happens is these things distract us from the thing that is most important. And that is, we must always keep a respectful fear of God. Because, see, those who are out in the world, there is no fear of God before their eyes, according to Romans 3, verse 18. There's no, there's no fear in their eyes. They don't care. And so we see them many times conducting themselves in the ways of the world. Because there is no fear, there is no respect of God before their eyes. Yes, this is the world. This is the place of our temporary residence as Christians. Or maybe we have got forgotten it is only temporary. Now, very quickly, with the few minutes we have left, I want us to take a look at the other world, all right? The other world that we live in, the kingdom of heaven, our second residence. This residence includes the domain where God the Father, Jesus his Son, and the Holy Spirit reside. It even includes the church, uh, which I would like to call us a colony of heaven. You see, we're down here on this earth as a colony because our time here on this earth in the kingdom is temporary. It's just a temporary place. And a colony is a community of people who share common roots, who share common pursuits and common values. And even though colonists settle in a different and sometimes hostile place, they continue to live under the control of and in the spirit of their home country. Spiritually, our home country is heaven. Spiritually. Yet we're down here on this earth. So if this is a colony of heaven, how should we be conducting ourselves? Just like the home country that we came from. For an example, if you look at Rome, and boom, you know, I, I, I know this is wrong. I'm talking about Rome, <laughs> the country of Rome. Uh, Rome consisted of many colonies that were outside of the main city. But no matter how far away these colonies were, the culture was still Roman. The laws, the language, the customs, the views, the values, the dress, the food, the smells, the entertainment was distinctly Roman. So what about us? 
If we're a colony from heaven, how should we be looking? How should we be dressing? How should we be talking? How should we be treating each other? <laughs> Y'all get the point, don't you? <laughs> so just as we are born as citizens in this country, those obtaining citizenship in the kingdom of heaven, first of all, how do we get that, that citizenship into the kingdom of heaven? We must be born again of water and the spirit, John 3, 5. And then we experience a migration from the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of heaven. We are loyal subjects of a new king. Not, not loyal subjects of a president. Now I might hit a nerve here. But our allegiance, our first allegiance is to God. Not, not a president, whether it's you know, Obama or maybe Trump or Hillary or whoever. That's not what we're about, okay? Uh, our allegiance is, is to God. We have a, a new king now. We're in a different kingdom. We obey and serve God and him only. Our king provides everything that pertains to life. and He provides all of those things for us. According to 2 Peter 1.3, our allegiance is to our king Jesus. And he hates idolatry. Matthew 10, 37 and 38. Matter of fact, we don't even love mother, father, son, daughter more than the king. That's how strong our allegiance should be. We obey our king, we obey his law, even when the world's laws say that we should obey theirs. And I know some of you say, well, the Bible says obey the law, we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. Yes, we do but not when they supersede God's law, all right? So our mission in the kingdom is to help others migrate from the world and find their way to the kingdom of heaven. Mark 16, 15, we go into all the world and we do what? We preach the gospel. That's what we do. We're not to be conformed to this world we are to be transformed by the renewing or the changing of our mind so that we can prove that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And in order for us to leave this earthly colony and enter into our heavenly homeland, we will need a valid heavenly passport. You know, I, I, I remember uh, when, when, we, when we get to customs in Guyana, they will not let you through customs if you don't have a valid passport. Matter of fact, because of Jim Jones, if you don't have somebody there locally uh, to greet you, they will not let you in the country if you tell them that you're there for mission purposes. You will not get in the country. So you have to have a valid passport. And in having this valid passport, it has to be verified from a spiritual perspective. Our passports have to be verified by the blood of King Jesus. So the king accepts anyone in this kingdom who accepts him under the terms of the gospel. So church, I want to conclude, I want to extend an invitation tonight. 
But I want us to understand this. I want us to, to, be, to rest assured. Don't let any of these things that are going on in the world today don't no longer be my brother because I may vote for somebody different than you. You know, don't no longer be my brother because uh, some of my views might be different than yours. We're still brethren. We still love one another. And we're going to show this dark world out here that God's people are different. We're going to do that. And so let's understand, yeah, we can live in two places at the same time, our physical bodies, yes, we still reside here in this earth, and the earth takes care of our, need, our fleshly needs, but from a spiritual perspective, our allegiance resides in the kingdom of God. The church, whole different mindset, we do things different, and we have, we have to be the light of the world and let the world see that we are God's people. Won't extend an invitation tonight. Maybe there's somebody here tonight who's been wrestling with some things. Maybe, maybe you're wrestling with, with uh, all these things that are going on in our world today. Maybe they make you nervous and they, and they make you stressful and, 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 they, and they make you just so full of tension. Sometimes you forget who you are. Well, maybe you just need some prayer tonight, you know. We'll have some brethren pray and, 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 and get, your, get your strength and your courage back. Maybe there's someone here who doesn't even know God. Maybe you're still walking around in that dark world out there. You need to migrate into the kingdom of God. You do that by, first of all, you must hear the word of God. Hear the good news concerning the death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You must believe those things according to the gospel that you've heard. You've got to believe them. You must repent of your sins. In other words, I've got, uh, I, I know I'm, 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 I'm a sinner, but, but Lord, I, I'm going to stop sinning. I'm tired. I, I want also with my mouth, I'm going to confess that you are the son of the living God. I've got to be baptized in water for the remission of my sins. Because I, I look at that as being part of our passport uh, and, and, and part of how we obtain our new citizenship. But that doesn't end there because we've got to live some life. <laughs> and the life that we live has to be a life of faithful and loyal living to our king until the day that we die. And then in the end, we're going to be rewarded. The crown of life. This crown never fades away. It will be our eternal reward where we will live with God, we'll live with Jesus, we'll live with the faithful through eternity. If you would like to be in this, uh, this new kingdom, then we beg you to do so tonight uh, as we extend the invitation song. Thank you so much. And are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Where you and are you washed in the blood and in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? 
and all your garments spotless are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the lamb and are you walking daily by the savior's side are you washed in the blood of the lamb and do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood? And in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And all your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And when the bridegroom coming, will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? And will your soul be ready for the mansion's bright, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? And are you washed in the blood, and in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And all your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And all you washed in the blood and in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. And all your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And all you washed in the blood and in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. And all your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Let's all turn to page 12 as we focus for the collection and the Lord's Supper. Page 12. Page 12. Seen the first verse. All film, let's all sing. At last ended my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die, and would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I. And at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart and rolled away. And it was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. We now reach a portion of our service where we remember the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. We also focus on the collection. At this time, let's pray for the collection.
Dearly Father, at this moment, we thank you for the collection that will be taken up. We pray that we'll be given in a way that is pleasing self unto you. We pray that, we pray that the, the collection that will be uh, taken up will be used in a way that is pleasing self unto you. We thank you for the blessing and the ability to be able to produce and give back to you, which is already yours. Most of all, God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who is your offering, who you sacrifice on the cross for our sins. We thank you for his sacrifice, for without his sacrifice, we wouldn't have that blessing of salvation and being able to uh, live in heaven peacefully, eternally with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now as we focus on the death, the burial, and resurrection of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, we read in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 29 of Jesus Christ, the Last Supper. Starting at verse 26, it reads, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth for this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink anew with you in my Father's kingdom. You may have a moment to open up your communion. Let's pray. Dearly Father, at this time, we thank you, God, again for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his sacrifice. This moment, we thank you for his body and his blood that was on the cross, that was shed on the cross for the mission of sins. We pray that we will not take his life, his sacrifice, or just him in general uh, for granted. We pray that we will remember this. We thank you for this moment to just be able to remember him, his life, his actions, his words, everything that he did for us. And we pray that we just, we don't take this for granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may take up the bread. You may take the cup. In verse 30 reads, When they sung him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. This includes portion of our service. It's all turn to page 780 as we close. Page 780. 780. It's all stand. Let us sing. And when with the Savior we enter the glory land, won't it be wonderful there? And ended the troubles and cares of the story. Won't it be wonderful there? And won't it be wonderful there? And having no burdens to bear, and joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? And there where the temptings will never be sweeping. Won't it be wonderful there? And sure that forever the Lord will be keeping. Won't it be wonderful there? And won't it be wonderful there? And having no burdens to bear. And joyously singing with heart bells all ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? Let us pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be our name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Hallowed be thy name, hallowed be thy son's name, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our right to the tree of life. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all the many wonderful blessings you bestowed upon us. Thank you for our friends and our families. We we thank you for the many, I mean, we thank you for every day you bless us with, even if not every day is promised to us. We are thankful for that even through storms, whether figurative or literal, that we still are able to live and smile every day. And let us not forget to smile every single day, no matter what the time is. And even in this strange time, this strange time of darkness, we find time to celebrate for the furthering progression of our brothers and sisters. And until, until the next appointed time, let us all say amen. amen.